0: Hey, this is Josh Kennedy from the Black Moods, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcasts.
1: History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin.
0: Yes, Martin Popoff here, back again for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good folks at Pantheon Podcast. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this massive and ever-growing Pantheon Podcast Network. Lots of great friends on here that I've met. Uh, We are available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. All right. You guys really liked that episode um, with uh, when we looked at uh, novelty and the different ways uh, you can have hit singles with novelty. Um, when I was putting that episode together, so that was episode 81, this is episode 82, um, I thought there was a band that kept coming up that I was going to reserve for an entire episode episode on the topic of novelty. Remember, we did a Faith No More episode that was based on the concept of uh, how commercial were they at this point, how not commercial were they at that point. Um, so I kind of like tying these two things together, and um, therefore, episode 82, we are going to be calling Queen and Novelty. Um I love the way Queen uses novelty in various ways to have these smash hit singles and be one of the biggest bands of all time. Um, There are different aspects of novelty, different ways you can be novel or address novelty uh, in search of uh, the sensible thing you want to do with this, which is to have a hit single. Um, Not everything Queen ever did was about novelty, but... They address novelty in various ways. Uh, they were a wily band they had good management they had they were a careerist band they really wanted to uh, conquer the world, be the biggest, spend the most money, uh, have the most lavish parties, be the most dramatic and um, you know they had four writers in the band they were always fighting like cats and dogs, so they were they were real like uh, a type personalities, and part of that is. Just wanting to do the greatest thing and use every trick in the bag uh, to be the biggest band in the world. And novelty is one of those tricks. Um, so uh, every song here is going to bring up a different aspect of novelty, and um, and we shall discuss as we go. All right, episode eighty-two, Queen and novelty. Take a listen to our first selection here. This is Killer Queen. With a laser beam. To your mind. all right there you go killer queen from 1974s um sheer heart attack uh it's their first pretty big hit um they had a they they had somewhat of a hit with seven seas of rye keep yourself alive and liar which we're going to discuss a little later but i wanted to play this one because um everybody when they heard this song when it first came out went what the hell is that because it is a novelty single it really is um the the way this song addresses novelty i would say is in the idea of addressing 1920s music 1930s music dance hall music so it's uh it's not your typical pop thing it's not trying to be modern it's trying to be really old and and you know freddie is being really dramatic he's being very camp so there's another way he's being he's being quite novel i mean he's literally you know coming out and confronting you with his gayness in a way um through these vocals he does through the use of falsetto um Another way that they are being novel in this song is something Randy Bachman always told me, which is really funny. Uh, I really like it because it applies to a lot of BTO things. Um, try to be identifiable within the first four seconds of a song. So with this song, you know, a, a radio radio programmer could enjoy putting this on because it opens with finger snaps. Um, so, so it has a novel way of opening, a kind of a dr- dramatic uh, way of opening. There's heaviness in it. There's phase shifting in it. Even the title of the song is kind of novel. You're taking the title of the band and putting the word killer in front of it. A big, strong name, uh, a a big, strong word in front of the name of the band. So it's got a flashy title. Um, I just did an angel book, which, by the way, I went and printed a bunch more copies. Um, So I will have that available again. It was out of print. But one of the funny themes throughout that angel book that I brought up time and time again is they have so many songs with that, that have a lot of strung together, boring words, and are even negative in them. And, and their hits are like that as well. Um, so yeah, it's funny. You think of the, the entire Angel catalog, and it's hard to remember the names of the songs because they're so complicated, and they're a bunch of boring words all strung together go go take a look. It's actually kind of funny like throughout throughout all their albums it's it's just it's hard finding actually that many cool flashy titles uh to their songs. So Killer Queen is a is a flashy title. It's got a bell sound in there. It's got interesting guitar sounds where you might you, you know you just sit back and go, "Hmm, interesting." So this is a song not so much of sound effects, which is another uh important way that bands throughout history have tried to be novel, but just in really interesting sounds throughout and mainly, this idea of being kind of 1920s music, uh, which they did throughout throughout their catalog. They didn't have a lot of hits with with doing this, um, but they did they did address this throughout their catalog. It was one of the streams. So even though even though those songs weren't always put forward as hit singles, um, they are on the albums and they are novel in the same way, exactly the same way, in being wow, Queen, look at this. They're making 1920s music, crazy. Um, Alright, let's move on. Uh take a listen to this. This is Queen Again, of course, with Bohemian Rhapsody. I see a little silhouette of a man. Scarabouche, Scaramouche, will you do the bandango? Thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening. Ding-ding. Galileo. Galileo Galileo Picardo. Magnifico!
1: From family,
0: on this All right. So how are they being novel with Bohemian Rhapsody? A million different ways. I mean, one way is it's a long song. So there's that whole narrative of, oh boy, are they going to play this long song? Oh, you can't make a single with a long song. So it gave everybody something to talk about. Uh, it's just an amazing, amazing song anyways. But It's complicated, uh, and I think that is the main way that, uh, that this is an interesting song. It has so much going for it that you think they are geniuses, and I think they're geniuses. I've always said this, that Queen and Judas Priest have this run of albums where they are objectively at a genius level when it comes to making music. All this studio trickery and stuff that they did. But, again... Um, it's an instant hook with the vocal. It's got those big vaulted choral, uh, choral vocals, stacked vocals that are a cappella that starts with, is this the real life? Instantly, instantly recognizable and a great thing for a radio programmer to put on. It's like, oh boy, now, you now, you know, you're in for this great epic song. It's got funny singing. It's got falsetto singing. Uh, It's got comical falsetto singing, not just Freddie Mercury falsetto singing, which he's frankly one of the least novel guys when it comes to his use of falsetto. King Diamond is novelty with his falsetto. Zebra was novelty with their falsetto. Even the Bee Gees were novelty with their falsetto. Freddie, not so much. But in here, it's, uh, it's Roger Taylor that does the falsetto, and it's a comical one. So there's opera singing, which is always, you know, funny, it gets a laugh, and this falsetto thing. There's... Like I say, there's little bells, there's there's a heavy part, there's a part for you to completely rock out and you're walking on the wild side if you don't like heavy metal, all of a sudden there's this crazy heavy metal part. So for those who don't like heavy metal or know nothing about it, um, there... To them, the heavy metal in this song is novelty. Um, so lots of really cool things about it. It it tells a, a pretty interesting story, and Mama just killed a man, and that even that itself is flashy and novel. So there's a lot of stuff about this that are interesting in that way, and I've always likened this to... Kansas, Carry On, Wayward Son, the the way that that is novel. Because that is novel because of complication. And also Sweet Action, which is my favorite Sweet song. It's their most complicated song. And even when I talked to Andy Scott about it, he said, we sat down and said, what can we do to to make a hit single? Let's throw everything we've ever known about making hit singles into this song. So it's an everything but the kitchen sink sort of song. And, And I think it's Sweet's version of of uh, a, a of a Bohemian Rhapsody. It's it's uh, it's a little more tight and rocking and, and and poppy granted, but it is complicated um and and I think they're doing kind of the same thing uh that Queen did with Bohemian Rhapsody. Of course, sweet Sweet really always got upset about Queen kind of taking their idea of these vaulted vocals and the hard rock. So Bohemian Rhapsody, a Queen is already a big hit. So Sweet Sweet is kind of jealous about it. these are all coming out at about the same time. But Sweet always had a chip on their shoulder about Queen kind of stealing their shtick. Uh, back then. So so yeah, I think that's interesting. And along this lines as well, I wanted to mention two other songs that I think are novel through complication and they're both by Queen are Keep Yourself Alive and Liar. So back on their first album, they made these songs that there was so much going on that you were kind of like... um, Drawn to them for the novelty of, oh, what's going to happen next? And both of those songs have enough complication to them where you think they're kind of geniuses. Who are these smarty pants coming out with this album, you know, first album? And, and, and they have these songs. So they're fresh, but I, I think they are somewhat novel in that, you know, the, the regular formula for a hit single is a great song right? Uh, And a lot of hit singles are hit singles because they are great songs. But over here, the other 50%, there's this huge, funny grab bag of, you know, a, a magician's bag of tricks that make them novel. And I think complication in itself is a form of novelty. All right, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. All right, back again here on History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff. This is episode 82, Queen and Novelty. So we're discussing the band Queen uh, as relates to uh, the whole idea of um, how did they get so successful? Well, one of the things is their trickery, uh, their cheap laughs. Um, and that's kind of, uh, that's that's well, it's, it's a definition of novelty. All right, so let's take a listen to our third selection. This is Crazy Little Thing Called Love. Woo! <laughs> right so this is novelty because uh here is queen diving straight and purely into the world of rockabilly it's like who makes rockabilly hits well they do come come now now and again um i think john lennon's got a whole album of of covers and stuff where he goes back to his rock and roll roots that's a little different um a lot of bands kind of got got into a rockabilly just just very fleetingly now let's let's not get up into the 80s here um so what what i mean by that is um rockabilly was always a fond fond thing to all of these uh british rockers because they grew up with something called skiffle um skiffle uh is you know crossed with uh crossed with the idea of elvis elvis well okay put it this way skiffle is one of the forms of rock and roll that was uh, was more of an acoustic rock and roll um And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, standing there with an acoustic guitar, think of that, you know, apocryphal. You can go up on YouTube and see it where Jimmy Page at 13 years old is going up on stage and doing a skiffle song. So skiffle is near and dear to the hearts. It, it It was essentially the main theme of uh of the british experience of original rock and roll and rockabilly kind of derives from that it comes from that remember there was the big rockers craze rockers versus mods where they you know they um dressed up in the whole um what do they call them something something creepers anyways um yeah britain had a whole rock and roll revival so so this is this is the the bits and pieces leading up to this and queen is doing this in 1980 but Soon there would be an actual rockabilly craze started by the stray cats, and then uh, Robert Plant gets into it with the Honey Drippers, right? Um, so there's a little bit of a rockabilly craze that happens. But Queen is is making a pure novelty hit on this record, the game, massive, massive record for them with crazy little thing called Love. All right, let's move on. This is track number four. Take a listen to this. This is a little something called Another One Bites the Dust. <laughs> Okay. So here we are back at the game album, the same album and queen is just diving in headlong and making a pure disco hit. It's got the big bassline. It's got the catchphrase. Catchphrases is, is another way um, that you could be novel or have novelty. So another one bites the dust. You repeat that over again. Oh, you could say that about anything. you know, there's a car crash. Oh, another one bites the dust or whatever. Someone dies. Another one bites the dust. Um, so it's a catchphrase on a, on a pure disco hit, um, with, uh, with the chicken scratch guitar coming out of Brian May and the, and the big John Deacon bass line, uh, you know, Queen would do more of this, uh, moving forward in various ways. Certainly on the hot space album, there'd be a little bit of this as Freddie sort of immerses himself into like a, uh, like gay disco culture, whether that's in New York city or wherever he happens to be, Berlin, um you know, they make these records with Mac in Berlin at Musicland, right? Um, but, uh, but so here they are doing disco and last episode, I won't go into it in a big way, of course, but, uh, but you know, disco was a big craze that everybody kind of got into the Rod Stewart. Do you think I'm sexy? And, uh, you know, kiss with, I was made for loving you and ELO and the BGs became disco when they weren't disco before. And so there's, so there's a lot of this going on. Um, but, uh, but queen is, you know, as usual, uh, because they are so dramatic and so, so, uh, you know, enthusiastic about life, you know, when they, when they dive into something, they dive into it headlong and, and, uh, you know, to, uh, not, not to pun with headlong, but, um, but here they are making this massive, massive song and, and it's a pure novelty hit. It's a massive hit and it's pure novelty. It's, it's ha ha. Look at queen doing disco. And so everybody who, who loved the old queen is all up in arms and all upset. And then queen gets a whole pile of new fans. I mean, this is really going down the road of, uh, you know, when, when bands try to, try to say to themselves or say, to, say to other people in interviews or whatever, oh, we gained a lot of new fans with, with, uh, what we were doing. Oh, and we lost some, but we gained some. Well, that's certainly the case with Queen, uh, on the game, this sort of transitory album. Now, you know, I, I, well, I'll get to it a little later, but I'll, I want to mention it here just because we are with the game, two songs in a row. Um, you know, Queen, are great songwriters too and even when a song doesn't have a bunch of novelty to it and it can be a big hit you know they so i guess what i'm trying to say is queen had a lot of big hits that weren't novelty at all and one of them off of this album is play the game um i think it's just a beautiful perfect perfectly normal um you know great song and it became a huge hit um but a little more on that later let's move on to our fourth selection here Um, Take a listen to this. This is Queen again with Radio Gaga. All right, so total novelty song again. Total novelty hit. Why is it novelty? Well, with Queen, it's never one thing. It's a few things combined in a lot of cases, right? Because Queen is so much over the top and more is more all the time, as Angbe Malmsteen would say. Um, so why is this a novelty hit? So a couple reasons. Well, three reasons I can think about for sure. Um, four, maybe. It's, it's kind of a disco song, so it's disco again. Um, it is... Talking to radio programmers, you know, um, you've yet to have your find us hour. Radio, someone still loves you. So it is talking to the radio people and saying, play this song because it's about radio. The spirit of radio, Rush, right? Um, You know, that's part of the reason that was a big hit. Um, So it's, it's telling a story. It's an interesting lyric. It's something where you can have that elevator pitch and say, oh, what's the song about? Oh, it's about radio. there's kind of a form of novelty when you can have that elevator pitch and say what is this song about you know rather than you know well the guy you know he broke up with the girl and he's sad and maybe he goes back to her and you know a love song is not is not the subject of a love song is not novelty on its own but if you write a song about radio where you're complaining about radio but you love radio it's a love hate thing with radio that's a little bit novelty in itself um synthesizers uh you know diving headlong into the idea of all of these crazy synthesizer sounds and sequencing that's novelty um it's novelty period in rock and roll in 1980 because it's still very 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 new sorry not 1980 1984 at this point it's not as new um but for someone like queen it's it's still it's novelty that queen is doing it so so just like it's novelty that they were doing rockabilly it's kind of novelty that they're diving so much into synthesizers now they've done that before anyways and then um but here they're really getting into it and and um you know and definitely on the hot space album they they were getting into it um but the last reason is nonsense lyrics i mean saying something as ridiculous as all we hear is radio gaga radio goo goo radio gaga it's absolutely ludicrous it's not very literate at all even if you were going to make up nonsense words there's better ways to be nonsensical than that it's actually kind of awkward and stupid and, and truly childish and it goes back to your surfing birds and and all sorts of stuff where people just say say nonsense right bebop and all that stuff right um so that's kind of interesting. It's like, it's like this silly thing that you hear and it's literally the title of the song. You, you hear that title of the song and you go, what kind of nonsense is that? So pure, pure novelty, right? Um, so yeah um it's got it another way it's actually got even a bit of one of those crowd participation sections where where it's more like something you do live but they're actually doing it here in a studio song it's got hand claps right so everybody hey you can't play an instrument oh i i play an instrument all i can play is the radio right uh you can't play an instrument um everybody can clap their hands and do a rhythm so there you go so it's got that going for it as well um So there you go, there's five examples uh, here on history and five songs of queen doing novelty another a few and other examples just to go to go through really quickly for you just to show that you know this is not a contrivance they do this a lot in queen um we will rock you we are the champions well what do we get here again we get the big simple stupid rhythm and people say all it is is drums and vocals and well you know it's it's more than that but it's less than that as well because it's actually not even drums it's just stomping and clamp clapping so, so what a novelty single is. Uh, we will rock you. It's so novelty, and it's got the big, stupid, dumb chorus. We will, we will rock you, right? Um, so that's really interesting in itself. Uh, but it does have more to it, of course, as well. It's got, it's got the Brian May guitar, or, or and that. So, so, but what a true novelty single. It literally is. You know, hey, listen to what's on the radio. <laughs> Total novelty. And then what happens? It goes into We Are The Champions. Now, on the face of it, that song is not novelty, but... Because it is We Are the Champions, it became this massive sports uh, arena song, right? Because it, it's just this tagline of something everybody can say after they won the championship. And, and very, very few other people have ever thought about this, right? Europe, the final countdown, right? But how many, how many songs are more direct? And we're all the way up into 1977. Rock and roll has been around for 20 years at this point. How many people have come up with this perfect thing to say after you win the big game. We are the champions, right? So so it's a dual novelty hit. They're played together. That's kind of interesting in itself. Um, you get these two short songs played together. Um, what else? Brighton Rock, going back to Sheer Heart Attack again. It starts with Carnival Sounds. So again, it's back to that Randy Bachman thing put something really interesting in the first few seconds. So a radio programmer, ha-ha, listen to this. Oh, you're listening to circus songs. No, it's a Queen song. Fat-Bottomed Girls. There we get the idea of the uh, slightly cheeky title and and you know what it's going to be about, um, and 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 so it's like, oh, can we say this on the radio or whatever? So it's it's an interesting novelty thing, squarely from that um, that standpoint. Um, although it also has the instant acapella vocal start to it, so so you you throw that on the radio and you know immediately what song uh, you're into because of that acapella thing. Tie your mother down. Again. Like a cheeky thing, oh naughty! What are they saying? Tie your mother down. But other than that, it's not really particularly novelty. Uh, it's just a good rock and Queen hit. Um, you know, in in a way, it's kind of novel in it in its in a different sense. In in that, it's kind of one of the simplest Queen songs. Um, so that's kind of interesting. It doesn't really sound a lot like uh, too much else that Queen does. But again, it's all in the title that 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 cheeky naughty title. Another one along that line is "I'm in love with." my car it's like oh that's that's it's 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 just a weird thing to say and again it it fits the elevator pitch idea what's what what is it about oh it's about uh equating the parts of a car to to the parts of a woman kind of thing right uh and and how you know roger and roger singing it that's novel in itself uh uh you know is in love with his car kind of thing right So novelty, novelty hits sometimes are about uh, the odd lyrics, the oddball lyrics uh, that are going on in the song. And, and, you know, you never think of Queen with cars, right? They always seem to be the kinds of guys who would be driven around by others. Uh, And, and with all the old timey music, you think of, think of it even being like old cars, if you're going to think of cars at all. So it's really odd thinking of Queen of Cars. And you think of those album covers, right? Night of the Opera and Day of the Races, those classy, you know, regal invitations look uh, to the album covers um so uh so that was interesting in itself Uh, again along those lines i want it all i want it all right he says i want it all i want it all i want it all and i want it now so it's so it became this big song about greed about about taking um it 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 literally kind of represented the whole idea of uh, whatever that's that movie was. Wall Street, Michael Douglas. Uh, you know, I want it all. I mean, all of a sudden, Queen is the greediest band in the world. Um, literally, it kind of happened that way. And along that same line, the show must go on. You've got a cold. Oh, the show must go on. You 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 need a root canal. The show must go on. You're totally hungover. You didn't sleep last night. Oh, the concert must go on. You must play. You know, you work hard, play hard. You know, you got to get to the end uh, of uh, of the show and then you can collapse. You know, the theater guy and then the poignancy with you know Freddie being sick and all that. But. Just the repeating, drumming it into to you, the catchphrase, the show must go on, and the dramatic feel of the, of the music. It's a very thespian sort of song. So that, again, uh, another example of theirs was Under Pressure with uh, the idea of it's a duet with David Bowie. There's some novelty. It's based on a bass line that says uh, this memorable, memorable bass line. You know, everybody knows that bass line. And inside of the song, there's some nonsense lyrics. So here they are doing that crazy thing again. So there you go. Lots of examples of Queen reaching into that bag of tricks to uh, to do this stuff. And then I just wanted to mention, again, they aren't always novel with their hits. Don't Stop Me Now. Somebody to Love. Play the game, which we talked about. It's Late. You're My Best Friend. It's a kind of magic headlong. Um, so they have these other songs that are just... You know, well-written songs. They have so many well-written songs. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, but they're not always, you know, with their hits being novel. But they are—they are one of the most flagrant users of novelty. When I went through all the big bands, thinking of of their hits, most of the time the novelty was just was just very occasional. But with Queen, it, it's quite often. All right, there you go. Uh, if you like this show, want to support future episodes, um, I love it. Uh, I love getting these little tiny PayPals um, with uh, with koficom uh, slash martinpopoff. Hit that red support button. They've got this kind of $3 thing, which is like buy the guy a coffee or a pint or the gal or whatever. So that's really cool. Thank you for your support of the show. I'm turning it into a kind of an hourly wage thing. Uh, on that front, I would uh, dearly like to thank this time out William Bolden, Bodlin. Um sorry, I I might have typed that wrong here because I think it's Bolden. Um Bruce Campbell, Andrew Clark, Chris Cook guitar, Tim Durling, David Fisher, Rob Hughes, Michael Ladano. Um I'm actually going on uh, his show tonight in about an hour actually. Um but uh, and he also threw in one of these really cool trivia questions, uh, uh just, just earlier today. I was doing these trivia questions on my Facebook thing. Uh, Jamie Laszlo, Kevin Latham, Jason Leonard, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, and Robert Yates. And you can go to martinpopoff.com for all your book needs. Like I say, I took a risk and printed up another 150 copies of the Angel Book. If you haven't gotten one before, and I've been telling you, no, I don't have any, yes, I'm gonna have some uh, soon. So, um, the Angel Book will be back in print and I'll have boxes and boxes of them. Uh, But yeah, Thin Lizzy, visual biography, the Iron Maiden, uh, the UFO books, uh, lots and lots of stuff still in print. Uh, And that's martinpopoff.com. So I will leave you with that. Go away and listen to some Queen in some new light and see what uh, wily tricksters they are. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at
1: www.pantheonpodcast.com.